Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible today? All right, I'm going to open up this morning with 1 Peter 1, verse 22, and it says this, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love. Would you say sincere love? Sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. I remember somebody uh, in the last year or two said to me, I just wish that word wasn't in there. I said, what word? Sincere. <laughs> I said, said, I love the word, but why did it have to say sincere? Do you, can you tell that this scripture is like really trying to get it in? It doesn't just say love one another. It says sincerely love each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. It's like, oh, oh, oh slow your roll, right? It's like that is intense. I know for all of us, that could be a high bar at times, amen? But God is here to empower us and encourage us, and he wants our, our love to be sincere. Let's pray today. Father, we love you today. We thank you, God, for your presence and your goodness. And we invite you into this conversation today and ask you, God, to speak to us. Lord, speak to every single heart that is listening today. God, we want to hear from you and from your word today. We love you and we trust you and we trust the authority of your word. I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what is in your heart today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. Today, I'm going to start a short three-week series on marriage and relationships. And I I want to acknowledge as we are jumping into this uh, series on marriage and relationships that um, for many of us, there have been experiences of pain, whether it be divorce or unhealthy relationships, um, being a widow or widower, uh, there are those types of things. And I just want you to know that even as I'm sharing the word today, we are really sensitive and we, we love you. And, I, you know, we even had the conversation uh, about, okay, you know, it, it, should we do a series and call it marriage? And I really feel like putting marriage and relationships on there is so important because um, I want to paint the picture of hope. And God's word gives us hope right? God's Word gives us the principles that help us heal, and God's words help give us a picture of marriage and relationships that is right. And the reality is marriage and family are the building blocks of our society, and God intended that. And so it's important for us to look at at God's word for that healthy picture. And when we do that, it's kind of like the way that they, they look at counterfeit bills, right? The way they train people to, to identify a counterfeit bill isn't by looking at counterfeits all the time. It's by looking at the real thing all the time. If you look at the real thing in the word and you look at what it's supposed to look like over and over and over again, when we see something that's counterfeit, we can identify it. Amen? And so we look to the word to give us hope, We give the word to give us the standard. It's not there to demoralize us. It's there to inspire us, and we're empowered by his Holy Spirit. Amen? So today, I want to use the analogy of team, T-E-A-M. I want to use the analogy of team, but first, let's jump into Genesis chapter 2, verses 20 through 25. It's good to read the Bible, isn't it? That was too quiet. It's good to read the Bible, isn't it? Come on. Genesis 2.20 says this. So the man gave names to all the livestock, 
the birds in the sky and wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed it up with flesh in its place. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones. This is flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. I mean, woman. And she, for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife and they become one flesh. And Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. One of the things I love about this scripture is it's pre the fall. It's before the fall of Adam and Eve. And it gives you an imp- an, uh, a picture of God's intent for mankind. It says that they become one flesh. They become a team. Most of us have experiences on teams of one another, right? You could have a sports team. You could be on a work team. You could be on a team here at church, right? And your family is a team, amen? And marriage is the ultimate team experience. It's the ultimate when it comes to becoming dependent on one another. And you know, there's a time and seasons of history actually matter when it comes to marriage. You know, for centuries, marriage and families were way more independent than they are now. Um, because society was way more agricultural even 100 years ago. And so there was a lot more family participation in the family production, right? I, I wanted to go on, uh, find you a fact, and so I found a fact from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and it says, when Abraham Lincoln created the U.S. Department of Agriculture in 1862, about nine out of ten Americans could be considered farmers. And today that number shrunk to about two out of every hundred. Just the, It was a family affair, like life and eating, and there were some statistics about the percentage of your income that went to food and just, just eating, you know, and that kind of thing, and how much less it takes us out of our income to eat these days here in the West than, in a, um, than even a hundred years ago. The reality is you fast forward to today, and today we as a culture and as a society here, we are way more individualistic and way more independent. We've siloed. We have very specific skills and very specific activity. Um, We typically work apart. We study apart. We even play apart. We, um, you know, we have, it's kind of, you have the kids, now I have the kids. And uh, a lot of times the, the, the strategy in life can be divide and conquer right, is the effective strategy, like, okay, you, now I, and that kind of thing. And, you know, there's, there's a cooperation there that is good. But I'll tell you, if divide and conquer is our only strategy in marriage and relationships, we will be divided and conquered. Can I say that again to you? If divide and conquer is our only strategy to get through life and marriage and relationships, we will be divided and we will be conquered. This means that we've got to be intentional about coming together and working together. If our culture makes us more individualistic and marriage and relationships are, and teams are uh, intended to work together as a team, it just means that we have to be intentional. It doesn't mean nine out of ten of us need to go back and be farmers. That's not the solution. It, the solution is we need to be intentional about how we come together and we got to be intentional about how often we come together. Elizabeth and I are celebrating our 
fifth anniversary this December. Woo, woo, we are, I like to tell, I like, we've been announcing it for like two years, I think, you know. We're coming up on our 25th anniversary, we're so excited. And I always throw in there, and I like her. And people are like, oh, that matters. That, yeah. We didn't endure for 25 years. We, we still really like each other. We, we love each other. And um, honestly, I can tell you that we do sincerely care. Sincerely, there's that word, love each other more than when we started off. Um, but I will say this. It's been hard work, and it's been worthy work. Um, we've had to walk through pain together. We've walked through lost together. We've walked through victories together. We've made sacrifices together. We've experienced blessings together. The together has been a deliberate effort, and it's been intentional. As a matter of fact, in two weeks, I said this is only going to be a three-week series. In two weeks, the two of us are going to share the word together. Many of you are used to Elizabeth preaching a few times a year. We're going to preach a message together, and if you have a question about marriage or relationships. We want to know about it because we're going to take some of that message time and just answer questions that you might have. And so if you have a question, you can send it to me. Send it to my email. It's mike at hennigan.org. Not hard to remember, isn't it? Years ago, I lost an email, so I just bought my name as a URL. Just, there's no website there. It's just my email. mike at hennigan.org. So that never again can I lose my, my email. Um, anyhow, all right, so if you have a question that you'd like us to address, send it our way, all right? Uh, and it can be about anything in this realm, um, whether it's about divorce, marriage, any of those kind of things, because we just speak openly, and God always has a plan forward wherever you are in your life. Amen? All right. So here's my question for us today. In your marriage, in your family, in your friendships, however it applies, are you a football team or are you a volleyball team? Y'all weren't expecting that, were you? I'm going to explain what I mean um, as we go through the word today. When I say a football team, um, what I mean by that, like in the context of marriage, is one is playing offense and one is playing defense. And if you've ever watched like a, a video of somebody after the game and that kind of thing, and you watch the quarterback who's on the offense, the offense are the people who are trying to score, right? And the defense are the group on the field that's trying to keep the other team from scoring, right? The quarterback's on there, and maybe they lost the game and that kind of thing. And he's, he's scored so many points, he and the offense, they've scored like 35 points. But because the defense, it was like they weren't even on the, on the field, it's like 42 points are, for, are scored against them. And, you know, what the, what the quarterback is thinking, hey, I've done my part. Like, I did what I could do, but my daggone defense just can't stand up, right? But they never say that. They always go, well, you know, we got, we're a team, and, you know, we got to be there for the defense. We got to give them better ball position, if you understand what I'm talking about. We got to do better. We got to, you know, we're a team, we're a team, we're a team. But you can see it in their eyes. My daggone defense is terrible. A lot of marriages and a lot of relationships operate like the offense and defense, where they all wear the same uniform. They can even have the same name on the back. But they operate so separately that they feel like we're not really interdependent. They got to do their job and I got to do my job or we're not going to win this game. And that is because they're always on the field at separate times. They're always um, doing things separately, 
right? There isn't actually that interdependence even though they are on a team. Now, you can't press any analogy too far because there's a group on the offense and a group on the defense. I'm just trying to say that the husband and wife who one's offense and one defense and they, are, they have the same jersey but they don't actually play together on the field, right? The two, if you will, in that circumstance are not one. The Adam, he needed a suitable helper, right? Not not a separate division of work or a separate division of labor. He needed a teammate, right? And God took out of his side, I love that in our marriage ceremonies often, we said he wasn't, she wasn't taken out of his head to rule over him or out of his feet to be trampled upon him, but out of his side to be cared for him, out of his side to be in equal value to him. You know, even though the, the husband is the head of the household, there's equal value in the, what the team brings together, right? And that's why out of the side represents that, that value of one another. Together, the two become one flesh together, Amen. I want to read another scripture, and then we're going to jump into the other uh, analogy of team, that being of the volleyball team. But in Genesis 1, verse 26, this is another um, account of creation, and it says this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals, over all the creations that move around the ground. So God created mankind, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and increase in neighbor, number. Excuse me. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. And jumping to verse 31, God saw that what he made and that it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. If you follow the account of creation in Genesis chapter 1, at each stage it says, God saw what he made and it was good. And it was good. And it was good. And then he creates mankind in his own image and he said it was very good. You know, this idea of a shared purpose, even in Genesis 1, again, this is before the fall, you see these shared purposes of being fruitful in number, right? And like filling the earth and the idea of family, right? And he wanted um, mankind to rule over and steward the planet that he gave them, right? And be an expression of God's image. He made them in his own image. Nothing else did he say that he made in his image that was going to bring the image of a perfect God into this earth. See, the difference between a football team and a volleyball team is if you watch a volleyball team, they are completely interdependent. They absolutely need one another. I used to, when I was a Christian school teacher years ago, I uh, coached girls volleyball. And uh, my, my own sister was on the team. And uh, I, I have to say, I'm never, I'm never more impressed when it comes to teamwork than a bunch of ladies playing volleyball together. Because it is the expression of relationship and working together, whether it's the six-door, six-person indoor team or the two-person in, in, in team. Like, if you've watched it, whether you watched it on the Olympics or saw, caught it on a Saturday morning, like, they move around the court, like, anticipating one another. Like, there's six of them, but they're all just kind of, like, moving around, and they're, one hits it, and they're all reacting to what they're doing, and they're working together, and they're communicating with one another after every single play. They all come together, and they talk, and they touch, and they encourage, 
encourage one another and they slap each other on the high knee. I mean, they do all this interaction. You can take that one home with you. Um, as long as it's any appropriate in your, yeah, anyhow. Uh, I feel like I need disclaimers now. Pastor said I could, never mind. I need to be careful with that. Um, the reality is when you watch a volleyball team play, they're all playing on the same side together. And when the ball goes across the net, they're all on defense now. And when the ball comes over, they're all on offense together, sending it back. Like there's this, this, this cooperation. They're not locked in. A good volleyball team is never locked into a position. They're always playing together. Everyone's on offense. Everyone's on defense. And it's when, it's when in our relationships that we begin to define and stand in our position and start pointing at others, our spouse, our team, and telling them, that's your job, this is my job, we've already lost the game. Because we're not working together. And, you know, Elizabeth and I, over the years, we've had to, to work hard to be a team. We obviously have different gifts some are very complementary, others are different. And we, in, at times, we're operating in our own silo and that kind of thing, but there's this, there's this thing about, um, about being together. One of the most practical, if you want, like super spiritual deep things, I'm going to give you just something really practical. One of the most practical things that Elizabeth and I do in our marriage is we try every week to have some time together. Isn't that just rocket science? Just the principle of being together and talking. <laughs> and I have to admit to you, we don't just talk about you. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we talk about you way less than you would think we would talk about. Um, because we're not defined by what we do and how we serve. There is a, a relationship there. Um, and what I find is that that simple just time that we have together helps with the syncing. If you were watching the video today, uh, most of our videos were in sync, but when Abigail's video came up, her, her words and her lips weren't matched up together, right? And, you, and it, you can just tell just enough, right? And you go, oh, it's not in sync. And what happens is in, in our lives, sometimes our sync doesn't happen. And that's where communication breaks down and all those kind of things. But the simplicity. And I, you know the hardest time for us to spend time together? The hardest season of our life was when we were raising our kids. Because you're just so busy. And it's just, you know, you're just trying to, to get life done. But the simplicity of the sink, the simplicity of the conversation, the simplicity of just some time together, it could be as simple as um, bungee, bungeeing all your kids to their beds and taking a walk in the neighborhood. Don't do that. I'm kidding. That's not, they will call social services on you. Don't, don't do that. But the principle of making time to just be in sync and just talk. And here's the thing. For some of us, um, it's the pain of the dysfunction in a relationship that makes even that feel painful. And what can happen is we can get to places in our marriage, relationships, family, where we've lost or are losing our willingness to play as a team. Um, and often, it's because we're carrying pain, 
Often it's because there's unmet needs within the individual. Often it's because there's hurt or unforgiveness. And a lot of times it's just because there just isn't enough energy left to just want to do that. And I want to tell you today, don't allow those types of things to hold you hostage from working on your marriage. I mean this so sincerely when I say this. I have seen God do so many amazing things in marriages that there have been times when I've been praying for a marriage and I've gone, God, I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm not talking about you in the room right now. You're like, you talk? no, no, just everybody be at rest. There have been times I've been like, I don't know, God, I've seen him do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Reconciliation is really hard work. But I want, but hear this today. The grace of God is waiting in your marriage to work on it. When I say the grace of God, what I mean by is his unmerited favor in treating you better than you deserve because the reality is God is more, uh, more motivated and more for you and, than even you are. And even, even our little bits of energy and our little bits of sowing that seed and taking those steps and those, those little steps, God is ready to meet you in that place and begin to work. And because, we are, because marriage is such a team, often he goes, but, but I don't know about him or I don't know about her. But you see, God is so great and he is so good and he is so able. And I have just seen him work over and over and over. Maybe you're in a place where you're like, ah, my marriage is okay. It's going to make it. I just know it can be more. I want to tell you that God can make it more. He can make it more. And the thing is, is we have to lean on him. So many times we tell ourselves it's so dependent on them. And I am telling you, we take God out of, this, out of the picture and his influence and his ability. There's actually three people involved in this thing. It's not just you, it's not just them, but there is God, and God is able to work. He's able to bring that team and that continuity together. Today, I, um, I want to ask you, would you see your family, would you see your relationships, would you see your marriage, would you see your teams, would you see them more as the volleyball team than the football team? When I say the football team, I mean one's on offense, one's on defense. We wear the same jersey, but we don't practice together, we don't play together, we don't actually, like, we're just not that dependent on one another. But would you see yourself as the volleyball team that when they're striking the ball, I'm rooting them on and anticipating any part that I can play to root them on, encourage, or even participate, right? Like, and we're, we're communicating, we're encouraging, we're anticipating the needs from one another. I want to tell you, God is really smart in marriage and, and, and because what I have seen him do over the decades, if you will, is he makes both people better by making them one. The challenge is you got you to give some things up in that way. And I don't mean give up like your personality or your life or your dreams. I mean, you got to give up some of the me so that you can be the, the team. But it's so worth it. One of the things that I have seen over the years that has um, made my heart sad is when one person in the marriage feels like, I'm going to move on and leave the other one behind. That always breaks my heart. 
They're not in the position they need to be. They're not what they need to be. And I'm just going to move on without them. And I, I, think, I think what God wants us to do is to commit to be there to, with them. Wherever, whatever season they're in, whatever they're walking through and everything. I remember when my mom passed away and I went from 100% to 60% of a person in a moment. And I watched my wife and I watched uh, people around me, even in our church family, just kind of rally around me. because And there was only so much they could do because of the pain that I was feeling. And it was only a year later that Elizabeth experienced the, the, the passing of her dad. And, you know, those kind of things can be so hard. And many times, those are the things that can actually fracture relationships because we don't slow down to walk with them. We'll leave, leave each other behind. And I just want to encourage you, don't do that. Like, do whatever you need to do to get in sync with your person. Elizabeth and I like to use the phrase, you're my person, period. Like, you are, you are just my person. What's beautiful is when we begin to think in terms of you are my person, there is nothing else. There's nowhere else to put your energy. There's nowhere else to put your time. There's nowhere else. There's, there's nothing else to do than to make this thing work and to make it work well. And I'm telling you, wherever you're going through, whatever you're walking through, God has the grace for you. And I'm going to give you a, a key here, especially because I'm, I'm talking in terms of perfect pictures and painting a picture of hope and those kind of things, okay? If there is something where you go, I don't know if my spouse can provide this ever, and you just really believe, in, believe that sincerely, okay? Here's the thing. God is not incapable of meeting your needs. He is not incapable I mean, he's a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. He puts the lonely into families. The reality is God has what you truly need in your life. And so many times people will look at the spouse and go, but if you could only give me this and I can't get this from what I need. And the reality is the team has to look at each other and go, what do I need to give, not what I'm trying to get? It's not that your needs aren't important. It's not that your needs aren't valuable. But the reality is there's a way that God meets your needs. And the way isn't by retreating from the playing field and saying, until my needs are met, I'm not getting out on that field. That's not how teams work. That's just not how it works. That never, getting off the field, emotionally, spiritually, that never solves the issue. It takes courage. It takes faith in God to play the role that you're supposed to play. And I don't mean in a way that takes advantage of you or hurts you or any way. That's not what my words are trying to say. There's a way to stay on the field and let God be God. Um, remember that, that divide and conquer, if that is the strategy for life, you'll be divided and conquered. I don't mean that it, it's not a good strategy on a Saturday or a good strategy on a, you know, those kind of things. There's a practicalness of it, right? But I'm saying if it's the only strategy to get, get you through life, then what you've done is you've created a business with, a, with divisions, not a family with unity where the two can become one. Um, I want to encourage you today that God has what you need in marriage and relationships. Even if you've experienced some really tough things and you're, uh, you're hearing uh, these messages today and you've walked through things, I want to tell you God has the healing that you need. And it's, He is the one who created this he created it, 
because he knows that we need it. And he created it because he can build family through it. He's so smart. And if we align ourselves with his plan and have faith that, you know what, God, you created it and you're the one who's going to bless it, he'll meet you in that place. Maybe you're listening today and you go, you know, I, I need God in my marriage and I need God in my life. Maybe you've been trying to do it apart from God. I just want to tell you today that you can ask him today to come into your life. And you can ask him today to rescue your relationships and rescue your life. He cares for you. Jesus went to a cross for your life and for your family. He went there to pay for all of your sins, every bad thought you've had about your spouse or family, every, every word that's come out. He went to the cross for everything that you have done wrong. And he wants to remove the guilt of it, the shame of it, and he wants to empower you for your life. And if you have never had that moment or you need to invite Christ back into your life, I just encourage you, make today the day of salvation. Say, Jesus, come into my life. You just cry out to him, say, forgive me of my sins. I believe what you've done. I put my life into your hands and he will come into your life. If that's a decision that you're making today and maybe you're not in the in-person service, you're listening or watching online, would you go to our website, victorychristian.church and click on next steps? Because if you're making that decision, we want to rejoice with you and we want to make sure you have everything that you need. If you're in the in-person service, when we close today, if you would come and talk with me, I want to pray with you and rejoice with you because God has been knocking on your heart and he is ready to be in your life today. Amen. Would you stand with me? I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to pray for our marriages and relationships. And I'm just going to ask God to give us his perspective and his grace. Father, we love you today and we thank you, God, that you are a God who created, Father, the Institute of Marriage. And uh, Lord, I have kind of surprised your people today. Didn't even announce that we were going to do this, uh, this series. But God, what I believe you're doing is you're cracking open some hearts and uh, you're making some room for you to work. And God, we, we look at your principles and we look at your word. We look at what you've created and what you've intended. And God, we want to move towards those principles. But we say today, God, without you, Father, it's to no avail. We need you. Pray over every household and every family. Pray for every couple, every widow, every divorcee. Lord, every person, Lord God, would you come, come into each family and let there just be a grace and a covering and a wisdom and let real healing and real progress be made. Lord, may the two be one. May your grace visit us. May your wisdom be in our hearts and minds. And Father, for those who've said, I just don't have the energy, would you come and bring strength? Come and bring your encouragement. Come and bring the faculty and the hope. We thank you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and trust. Amen. Amen. If you'd like prayer for anything today, just let us know and we're happy to pray with you today. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.